welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, your host. My mission is to inspire and equip product managers to have greater influence in their organizations and over product. I call this helping product managers to become product masters, and that is what this podcast is about and the training that I provide. And helping you make that move from product manager to product master is explored in this episode by considering three areas, various perspectives on product management, responsibilities of the role, and how agile practices are impacting that role. Joining me for this discussion is a repeat guest. Having previously shared his experience in episode 115, where we discuss six types of expertise product managers need, and that is the one and only Steve Johnson. Steve's been working within the high-tech arena since 1979 with experience in technical, sales, and marketing positions at companies specializing in enterprise and desktop hardware and software. His market and technical savvy allowed him to rise through the ranks from product manager to chief marketing officer. And that should be a little hint that many of us as product managers are really prepared for more significant roles in organizations. Before Steve founded Under 10, his product management consulting company, he was a pragmatic marketing lead instructor for over 15 years. You'll find a written summary of our discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 168. I hope you check that out. Enjoy the interview. Mr. Steve Johnson, thank you once again for joining the Everyday Innovator podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's always a pleasure talking with you. I'll put in the show notes uh, when we talked before, if listeners want to listen to our previous conversation, because I don't recall off the top of my head which one that was. But you have such great insights. You've been training product managers for so long and working in that field and helping companies with product management. And we're going to tackle a somewhat pretty big idea here, which is the roles and responsibilities of product managers. And we could spend a lot of time talking about that because it, the color of that, right, the, it changes shape and shades depending on the organization and their stage of growth and where things are. But I want to get at least some boundary boxes around this. This is something you spent some time investigating. Tell us about your research into really understanding this more. Well, I spent 15 years at Pragmatic Marketing training people on product management. But the one thing we didn't really speak to was uh, titles and responsibilities. And we, and we certainly found that you know titles are a mess. So uh, in 2012, I left Pragmatic to start Under 10 Consulting, uh, which was really around the idea of helping teams implement. But before I could really understand where people needed help implementing, uh, I needed to find out what their problems were. Mm -hmm. So I did one of these crazy things that product managers sometimes do, and that is I researched the market before I built my product. Uh, So I got on the phone with uh, over 100 product leaders, uh, CPOs, VPs of product management, VPs of technology, to ask them about uh, what struggles they were having in product management, and specifically um, the product management role as we adopt agile methods. And that became kind of the core of my first book called Look Beyond the Product. Uh, because what I have found was, you know, product managers tend to be focused on the development aspects of the product and mm-hmm. not the business, the marketing, the sales enablement. They're being pulled ever more into just the development bits of product management. Um, 
but I found that they were not uh, the the people I talked to were saying, you know, we we were not clear on roles or responsibilities. What's happening is development is saying this is what we need. And I realized that some of these roles were being defined by the people who didn't have the job. So, you know, if you, if you ask salespeople, what does a product manager do? The answer is he goes on sales calls with me. Right. Right. And if you ask marketing, you know, what does product management do? They say he gives me screenshots mm-hmm. and sometimes write words, you know, and, you know, ask development. They say, you know, I need somebody to read aloud to me from Jira. Uh, but if you, if you talk to executives, they have a perspective that product management is supposed to be a business role, not really a support role for those other departments I mentioned. Which is a very different perspective. And it's interesting as you went through some of those examples. I've had conversations with many product managers who talk about that their role is basically to fill in help wherever it's needed. Right. right? They're, they're basically a one-person labor pool that says, oh, you know, sales engineer needs help today marketing needs help. I, I need to write some user stories uh, from the development team. And they're doing all these different things. And at what's getting sacrificed is what I think is the most important role of product management is what is the customer's problem and mm-hmm. how can we solve that for them? Exactly. And, you know, that came out clearly in the research that I did. The, the VPs were saying, on the one hand, development and others want product managers to be expert on customers and their problems. But they also want them to never leave the office. Right. I need you sitting next to me 24 hours a day and also be interviewing clients all the time. Right. You know, there, it's a Venn diagram with no overlap. And I have ran into organizations as policy, product managers don't interact with customers, which I just find amazing because I'm not really sure what the product managers are doing then, except maybe being a labor resource for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I remember I, I uh, was at a session and one of the people, we, ha- uh, we have a term in, in training that we call, uh, sometimes you get a co-instructor, mm-hmm. somebody, uh, an attendee who feels that he or she really needs to make sure you teach the class correctly. And uh, he, this person was just going on and on about the product management job is to do everything that development doesn't want to do or everything that sales doesn't want to do. And it's like you said, it's like you fill all the uh, you fill in all the, the pieces that other people haven't staffed to. And one way I put that when talking with leadership is I'm often asked, you know, how many product managers do I need? And my my answer is, I don't know how many other departments are hiding their headcount in product management. Hmm. That's a good response. Yeah. Right. Because you know, product managers are also being business analysts and they're also being project managers and they're also being sales engineers and they're also being product marketing. Mm-hmm. So how big, how many do you need? I don't know. How many jobs are you asking them to do? First, we have to get our roles and responsibilities figured out. Indeed. Which is probably a good place for the next question to talk about what is that role of a product manager? And I'm sure we see some variations occurring is there a reasonable working definition for a product manager role? Well, isn't that sad? I mean, the answer is no, right? Um, um, you talk basically when you think of you know sales, you go, you know, what does a sales guy do? Right? They lie to the customers and tell the customers give us money, right? I mean, it's all very clear. You know, marketing <laughs> job is to you know get leads that salespeople don't follow up on, and you know, we've got pretty clear definitions, you know, support answers the phone, then tries to get off the phone as quickly as possible. 
Um, but what is product management about it? And, you know, as you said earlier, it's like, well, you know, doing all the things that all the other departments don't want to do isn't really a very good definition. Um, my definition is they help create businesses systematically. Hmm. Um, or if you will, if you let me quote my book, my book is called Turn Ideas into Products. So that's how I think of the role of product management is turning ideas into products, but systematically. And what I encounter in my training business is so many people are doing that not through systems, but through heroics. People are stay, uh, you know, working 24 hours a day and weekends, or as one of my sales friends said, it's like, it's like 24 by 7, 16 hours a day. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're, we're working crazy to overcome process, if you will. Right. Uh, one of the... One of the levels of CMMI is um, products get released through heroics and it shouldn't be right. The process should help you. Mm -hmm. And yet often it's we're working beyond, uh, despite the process uh, or as one person said, it was products get released despite the company's best efforts to prevent it. Exactly. I had a very insightful discussion with a VP of a large organization asking for innovation examples of their organization, knowing that this organization was very risk adverse mm -hmm. um, and how they get things done and was trying to understand their process a little bit better. And the only examples he could provide me, which were the ones he was really proud of, were the ones that skirted the process entirely. <laughs> that, that, that stayed off the radar because, as he admitted, right. if anyone knew they were on the radar, they would never have made it. Right. right. They would have got right. killed. Uh, was it Clay Christensen who wrote Innovator's Dilemma? Yeah. Uh, I think he called that out in one of his books, either Dilemma or Solutions, that he mm -hmm. said the key to innovation is to create a team that doesn't have operational responsibility and preferably right. go to a new building where nobody knows where they are. Yeah, he, he shared that the solution to the disruptor before you get disrupted, you cannot do this in your existing organization. But the only, right. only way to solve this problem is to create a separate entity. Correct. Th this is uh, totally aside, but this stands out to me. I, I, I'm sure I have your book around here somewhere. Your book is called Turn Ideas into Products? Turn Ideas into Products Excellent. by Stephen Jackson. Available so, on Amazon. And you probably don't know this. I, I wrote a book a few years ago. Not knowing your title, I was not stealing here. Mine is Turn Ideas into Market-Winning Products. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I, I've always felt like you're a kindred spirit, Steve. And somehow, there we are. There we are. And, you know, you, you may actually, you know, have me on a copyright infringement or something there because I used all the words in your title in my title. You know, to get back to, you know, definition of the role uh, it's it's a fairly common thing for consultants to say, you know, product management's like the CEO of the product, um, except, you know, the product manager can't really be a mandating um, draconian uh, figure. Right. Um, uh, what I actually prefer, I've been been using a lot in my in my talks is I really think of product management as an orchestra director. Mm -hmm. And maybe even, you know, in, if you've ever played classical instruments, well, even in a, in a rock band, you know, if you've got four people, five people in a band or eight people in a, whatever that's called, an octet, they don't need a director. You know, they can see each other well enough that they play together and they've got their tempo set. Uh, but when you get to the size of an orchestra, when you're dealing with, you know, 86 people or 120 people, you need somebody to keep time. Right. You need somebody to say, holy moly, the trumpets need to chill a little bit and the woodwinds need to come up 
and uh, balancing the volume and the tempo and the syncopation. And I think that's a better metaphor for what product managers are about. It's, and if there's a problem, we don't expect the orchestra uh, conductor to run into the trumpet section and take over the solo. Right. Or, you know, let, let me show you how to play that, you know, in real time. And yet so often it feels like, well, we didn't hire enough people in QA. You know, we don't have enough trombones. So could you go over and play trombone for a while? You know, we didn't hire enough sales engineers. So could you go be sales engineer for a while? Mm -hmm. It does seem that uh, the the metaphor works for me, that the orchestra conductor doesn't go over and play individual instruments. But he probably chooses the music, maybe chooses the venue, uh, sets the time. Uh, make sure everybody has practiced. <laughs> um, and I think that's a really good metaphor. The orchestra director. I really like that metaphor. Yeah. Coincidentally, Steve, uh, there's a, a chapter in my book about the product manager as orchestra director. <laughs> you're killing me, man. Well, I didn't put that in my book. But, but your, your description of, of that was, was much better th- than mine. Oh, so that, well, that, that was very well done. <laughs> okay, I will. I'll endeavor to read your book so I can stop quoting, <laughs> or, or at least quote it and source it. So, but that is a good description of the role of product manager, right? That we are mm-hmm. lacking these definitions of what that role really is. We get pulled in too many directions that we shouldn't be pulled in. And thinking of it as the orchestra director, because we don't have any real authority. We're not. We're no way are we the mini CEO of a product, right? But we should be orchestrating, helping to guide what is happening. And I think most importantly, that aspect is bringing the product vision to everyone else. You know, what, mm-hmm. what is this thing about? Why do we care? Because what, what are we doing for the customer and where are we headed with this? Mm-hmm. Good point. A question that comes up a lot of the time is then putting this in contrast to other things. Mm-hmm. And probably the sim- most similar role that's often contrasted is the product marketer. Mm-hmm. So talk about product manager versus, or maybe they're more aligned with uh, product marketing. Okay, great question. What I'm finding is because of the lack of definition of roles that a lot of product marketing people are doing, in fact, product management, Hmm. and frankly, a lot of product managers are doing product marketing. Uh, Titles in this industry are a mess. And so what one person calls, what one company calls product manager, another might call product marketing. Um, As I think about the role, I actually think there are three types of work to be done. And for the products that we have today, that kind of work I think of as product growth. How do we get more people to buy what we already have? And for me, that is product marketing's role. Then there's a second role that I think of as product planning, which is what are we going to build next? Development is sitting in their cube saying, you know, what we want to work, you know, what work will you give us? And this planning role, which is often filled by a product owner, or a technical product manager, um, their role is to prioritize the work to be done and provide it to development as needed when development has bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And I talk at length in my book about uh, how you collaborate with development uh, to define requirements or define stories or to define you know things that we're going to do, jobs to be done, uh, and then give them to development when development is able to take them. I mean, one of the key ideas of Kanban is to limit your work in progress. Mm-hmm. So let's focus on doing a few things, do them really well, and then ask for more work. And so I think of that as product planning. 
And then there's a strategic role that is not what features are we going to build, but what products are we going to build, which is grounded in, you know, we've been listening to the market, we've been articulating our personas, we've got to do a roadmap, we've got to do a business opportunity, we've got to do uh, some sort of business planning. And I typically think of that as a strategic product management job. But I do find because in many organizations, the product managers have been pulled into secretary of development roles that product marketing has said, well, somebody's got to do this stuff and I can't do my go-to-market stuff if I don't know what markets we're serving and what personas we're serving and what problems they have. So if nobody else is going to do it, I'll slip over here and define our markets and our segments. So more alignment than not really between what we're seeing in organizations between product marketing and, and product management. I think so. Okay. But the, the focus you said there is growth is product marketing. But because of some role confusion, mm-hmm. we, we, we find people doing, you know, it going back and forth. And we, exactly. could, we could add a lot of other titles in here. Oh, yeah, we sure could. I, I think I put, I had a slide that has, you know, titles are a mess. And then underneath it in the background are titles. And I think I've got about 100 different, you know, unique titles. Um, but just for, for the fun of it, and we, uh, uh, my daughter was dating a guy who was a product marketing manager who wouldn't use the product. So he would actually use the product that he was responsible for marketing. He would not use it. And so he would call her periodically and say, so how does this and so work? And she's like, Hey, just go to the lower right-hand corner and click on the thing that says the thing. And he's like, Oh, I don't have this thing installed. (laughs) And ultimately she had to break it off with him because how in the hell can you do product marketing if you don't know the product? You have raised her well. I, I have. I have indeed. Um, and I, it, so it, it's, it turns out you, you shouldn't be able to have the word product in your title unless you know the product. Mm-hmm. Seems like a reasonable request. It does. This is the eat your own dog food. Indeed. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to have an ERP system installed on your laptop. But I mean, for a lot of these products, you really ought to be able to have a login to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A little difference from product marketing, focus on the growth versus the planning and strategy aspects, but we see a lot of overlap in actual organizations. We'll get back to the interview in just a moment. I want to let you know about a special promotion I'm doing with AIPMM, the Association of International Product Marketers and Managers. It is an organization that really helped me put together some of the pieces about being a good product manager and innovator. And they have a special program called the Certified Innovation Leader. It helps you to take command of the managed front end of innovation, of product management, to really navigate your way through successful innovations and to achieve the recognition and influence that you need. Most of all, it provides confidence, confidence in innovation and product management work. And I hope you check it out. It is a great training program that leads to a professional certification. The test is administered over your computer through AIPMM directly with them proctoring it. There's two options right now to take this training, and in the special promotion, both are discounted. You can take it online, self-paced at your own time, or you can join us in Denver on April 23rd and 24th for a live workshop. Find out more about both of these options and the special discount at theeverydayinnovator.com slash AIPMM. Again, that's theeverydayinnovator.com slash AIPMM. Now, back to our great guest. Key responsibilities of the product manager. So uh, another big topic, but mm-hmm. what are the key things that stand out? We got product planning and strategy as kind of big buckets. I want to just dive in a little little detail on those. 
Okay. Well, I actually think of those three. Well, let me do it this way. A lot of times we see product management processes or, or life cycle processes that are linear. Um, you know, first you do this and then you stop and then you do this and then you stop. And, uh, uh, as I have a, a client who put together a very nice process diagram. And as soon as he showed it to his technical colleagues, they went, Oh my God, that's waterfall. We reject you. You know, it was just horrific. Uh, and so he got on the phone with me and I said, well, the thing is to, uh, nowadays product management isn't, or product life cycle isn't linear. It's recursive. Mm-hmm. It's not a line, it's a wheel. And the reality is you jump into that wheel at any number of points along the way. Right. But if you, if you had the joy of starting from the beginning, which almost nobody does, the first series of responsibilities are to define the business. And again, I think of this as the strategic role of product management. Uh, we've identified a market that we want to serve. We've identified the personas that we want to serve. We've identified problems that they have, and we've come up with an idea for a product. And before we go any further, I have a technique called opportunity scoring, where you go through and say yes or no to a dozen questions to say, Hey, executive team, this seems like a really good idea. Do you want me to do some more work? Mm -hmm. Because if you think it's stupid, stop me now. But the next phase of that, what I think of as value, uh, evaluate is to break it down and start, you know, it means working with development to get an idea of size and working with sales to get an idea of, of sellability, working with marketing to get an idea of what it would take to launch, working with finance because I use too many numbers all in a row right there and I need their help. And then presenting a business plan, whether it's a one page canvas or a 45 page Word document. And to me, that's phase one of product management. And once we've agreed that this is a viable business opportunity, we move to the second phase of product planning, which is taking that product idea down to the epics. Hmm. What are the big chunks of work that we need to do? Let's roadmap it out. Let's articulate the stories. Uh, Let's make sure our dev team understands those stories and has the acceptance criteria. Uh, and then let's monitor the building of, of moving those stories through the development process um, using what I, uh, what I t- read about in my book as the five Qs. It goes from planning to ready to work in progress to accepted to released. Mm-hmm. And while that's going on, perhaps parallel to that, we sit down with our marketing counterparts and do the same thing we did with development. We're planning on launching a product in this time frame. What's, what's a good time to launch it? And what are the things that we need to do to successfully launch it? And as I think about these things, I think of product management as a being about the problem and not the solution. I think of developers as, or engineers, if you prefer, as problem solvers. So there's this formal discovery meeting that I, I, I advocate where the product managers and the developers and the designers all sit together in a room and they talk about this story and, and brainstorm some techniques on how we might address this problem. And the product manager or the product owner's role is to represent the market. So they say, well, you know, what if we, what if we made something that, that weighed 10 pounds? And you're like, well, that's not really going to work because that's going to weigh more than the child we're going to put it on, you know, or whatever. And I think of marketing, by the way, as the same thing. I, 
the product manager or the product marketer sits down with marketing and says, we have some launch problems. We've got to enable the sales team. We've got to inform the marketplace. There's some real technical bits that are hard for people to understand. I know the product, but you're an expert in communication. Can you engineer a solution? And they say, oh, well, gosh, for that, we really ought to have a video of our CTO talking about our infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need an ebook talking about the yumminess of our product. You know, maybe we need a white paper that talks about our architectural decisions. And once again, it's the product manager or product marketer sitting down with an engineering organization that I that most people call marketing. And marketing designs solutions to those go-to-market problems. Mm -hmm. So the first role, I think, this product strategy role is effectively working with, eng working with executives to determine what product ideas we should pursue. The second stage is uh, a product planner working with development on uh, empowering them with personas and problems and getting their um, articulation of how we're going to solve those problems. And then the third role of the go-to-market or the product growth role where product marketer or product manager sits down with marketing and says, how do we empower the sales team to successfully deliver this product to market? And we do it all over again, around and around we go. Starting with those two big buckets of the product planning and the strategy work, I think mm -hmm. adds a lot of clarity because I know there's listeners I've talked to before, everyday innovators that right now show up to work as a product manager and they're not sure what they're going to do today because they know there's lots of fires to put out. And right. even just getting your hands around those two big concepts, everyone listening, I think this is really valuable, that there's product planning work to go on. You know, what are, what are we building now? What are we going to build next? Getting our epics put together, figuring out what that kind of big roadmap of themes looks like, and working with the others involved cross-functionally. And then the strategy element of where are we going in the future? You know, what business are we in? What are, are what are products are we going to be building in the future? And I think for most of us, we all want a little bit more room in that strategy area because we get so much stuck in the firefighting. Indeed. But that's a nice perspective to have about just what does a product manager do? Well, you know, we're involved in product planning and we're involved in strategy work. Let me tell you more. Indeed. So I think Indeed. you just helped a lot of listeners have some clarity. Great. And you started... Talking about this initial research that you did, talking to 100 VPs and really try to understand their challenges, uh, VPs of product, part of this was driven around what was going on with Agile and this change that we've seen in the last several years of moving, many organizations moving to embracing Agile in some form, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's replacing their waterfall approach, whether they're using it just in development, whether they're somewhere in the middle. What have you seen the impact of product management with regards to what Agile's done? Agile's great. Everything else I'm going to say is negative, but let me start with that. Agile is great. It, it gives us the ability to build a little bit, show you what we're doing, get your feedback, build a little bit more. And the, the old days of Waterfall, we've now romanticized the way, you know, we romanticized uh, 60s black and white comedies uh, that, oh, remember the good old days when we would go down to the soda fountain and get uh, a malted. Uh, remember the good old days with Waterfall, where we always delivered exactly what we wanted, you know, at least on time, if not early, which, of course, never actually happened in real life. So the, the Agile team, the, the folks in, who, who drive the Agile movement are spot on. 
we're asking for precision before precision can be known. Mm-hmm. We're locking down the requirements before the requirements are understood. Um, but as a result, what we've seen is development has gone agile and no one else has. So marketing says, okay, I need to know the complete feature set nine months in advance, like the good old days of waterfall. And product managers having to deal with, you know, A, you don't need to know that. And I'll tell you what I know when I know it. And executives are, are the same way. They're like, well, where's my feature? Well, it's in the queue. Well, what day of the week will it be delivered? Well, nobody knows. It depends on how much other nonsense goes into the queue in front of your idea. You know, part of that slash road mapping is people think when we put it on the roadmap, that's a commitment as opposed to a plan. And then I remember vividly talking to the sales team and the executive team saying, here's my roadmap. And uh, the sales rep said, so I can commit you to that? And I said, absolutely. If you don't want any changes to this plan, we can commit to that. He's like, oh, hang on. We might need to change the plan. I'm like, ah, well, if you need to change the plan, then I can't commit to the roadmap. Oh, I need you to commit to the roadmap. And I was in one of these crazy um, catch-22 mm-hmm. situations. A roadmap is not a plan. It's a, I mean, it's not a commitment. It's a plan because the industry changes and our understanding of the industry changes. And that's what Agile embraces. But as a result, as we go from theory to practice, and I'll probably screw this quote up, but Yogi Berra said, in theory, theory should work. In practice, it doesn't. I think that's right. We'll have to check that quote and post it online. But anyway, in theory, Agile totally works. In, in, in particular, they've got a clear definition of this product owner role. But in practice, what the product owner is doing is not necessarily what the books say the product owner is doing. Mm-hmm. In some organizations, the product owner is what we used to call a business analyst taking epics in today's language, taking epics and breaking them down into development tasks, which is, I think, what Jared was doing on Silicon Valley, uh, the TV show on HBO with the post-it notes. Uh, I think he was being the product owner. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but they had a doc. Anyway, you'll have to go back and watch that episode because it uh, involves Scrum. It was pretty cool. Um, anyway. In some organizations, they said, well, the product managers must be the product owners because product is in both of their names. And so the product managers, in many cases, have become product owners. But then when I talk to their executives, they're like, well, I I need a roadmap that goes beyond two weeks. Hmm. My My product managers seem to be spending all of their time empowering development. But what about sales? What about marketing? What about uh, strategy? Um, so that's the, the break. Uh, one of the speeches I gave last year was, you know, is, is agile breaking product management and it shouldn't be, but it often is. And it's because of this lack of clarity of role. Yeah. Having the strategy, having the strategy role separate from the, the planning role. And in my discussions with these 100 heads of product, the, the ones who said they were having success with agile also said, they had split it into two roles, that they had a product strategy role and a product planning role, what I would call a product manager and a product owner. Mm -hmm. And when they have both roles together, they tend to have, well, they tend to have a secretary to development rather than a product strategist. It's hard to get all that work done. And I've read lots about this too, and have have my own thoughts about one person being responsible for 
creating the user stories, driving, letting the development team have work to work on Mm -hmm. and not being associated with product management work. Because I want that person doing the user stories to have firsthand contact with customers and have that experience. Mm -hmm. And yet it can be a lot of work for one person to try to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you break it up, you somehow need to figure out how to have these two people in effect joined at the hip. So they really think the same way. And there's not a a wall there that means that there's just stuff getting thrown over it. And and we lose the context of what's really important to the customer. Mm -hmm. And and to make that a little worse, uh, I think it's three people. Hmm. It's a product strategist, a product product planner, and a product growth manager, hmm, right. a product marketing manager, yep. right? So that you've got one person who's basically liaison with executives. You've got one person who's liaising with development and one person who's liaising with marketing. Mm-hmm. And in my ideal scenario, marketing does such a good job of empowering sales that salespeople don't need to engage with product managers on a frequent basis. Yeah, or we have sales engineers to help fill, fill that role. Yeah, sometime, not today, I'll, I can do a whole hour on how, how wondrous it is to have sales engineers. Uh, and when we don't have them, sales relies on product management to fill that. And that's another thing that takes them away from yep. the other many other things that we're asking them to do. Yep. Some definitely some impacts there on the role of product management. And for listeners, a lot of this is just, there's no, there's nothing set in stone here, I, I don't think. It's organizationally dependent. Steve and I were talking earlier about one organization I've seen that as they move to adopt Agile, their product managers have, got, have become product marketers. They've changed their title. And not only are they responsible for growth, they're responsible for being the voice of the customer back to product owners. So again, two roles, just changing some of the responsibilities and titles between people. All very interesting. I think just the, the big picture to me are these two buckets that I'm going to remember of our product manager, managers being responsible for our actual product planning and the strategy of product. And if we see a role for product uh, marketing, then they're helping out with product growth. But good clarity about that, regardless of what the titles end up being, the work that needs to get done. I love quotes. You know this, Steve. What's an mm-hmm. innovation quote you have for us? Well, you know, I have this quote that I've been using a lot, and I, I searched for it, and I the only person I could find who is quoted as saying this is me. Must be yours. So, I've decided to declare it as my own. I'm sure it's somebody else, you know, like Eric Reese or, or when in doubt, you know, Peter Drucker pretty much said everything <laughs> that ever needed to be said. But anyway, my favorite quote is, with today's methods, we can build the wrong product faster than ever. And, you know, there's some similar quotes like uh, um, what's brilliant about Agile is they help you build the product right. And the goal of product management is to make sure we're building the right product. Right. I think that may be, um, ah, it may be Marty Kagan, who is the origin of, of uh, product managers build the right product. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote down some others. Um, I, I, I think about it, uh, innovation a lot because uh, 84% of executives say that innovation is critical to their organization's success yep. and only 6% are satisfied. Yep. And you, I think you said earlier that, uh, you know, CEOs are, it, it, it's difficult to innovate within an organization, mm-hmm. right? That there's so much um, organizational malaise that pre- prevents us from moving forward. 
and I think most companies are just so incredibly timid when it comes to innovation. Um, but I found one, a, a wonderful quote from Jeff Hawkins, who created the Palm Pilot mm. and Graffiti, if you remember that I, writing. I do. You had a stylus uh, and you could write on your palm. Yeah. And I, I actually uh, adopted that as my handwriting uh, now. I'm, I make TPs instead of the letter A. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, he said, companies don't innovate, people do. And maybe that's the biggest problem of all is we think that the companies have to do it. And, you know, if you look at patent law, patents are not given to companies. They're given to people. Right. My father-in-law who passed last year had over 100 patents in his name. And of course, wow. he wrote, he signed the rights of them over to, you know, his company. But it, I love that patents are owned by people and not companies. Mm-hmm. And another one related to innovation is... Uh, Here's the, I'm sorry, here's the rule for being a consultant, you know, in in case you need it. Uh, You you have to be from out of town, Hmm. right? So I I live in Virginia. Uh, You have to have a four square grid or some framework like a two by two, yeah, a two by two. Yeah. Or uh, the conjoined triangles of success Mm -hmm. for the Silicon Valley people. A a Venn diagram goes a long ways. Indeed. And the ability to quote Drucker in at least one instance. And as it relates to innovation, I I remember this quote, each organization has to prepare for the abandonment of everything it does. That's a powerful one. Innovation is about, hey, we better build something new before the old stuff disappears. And I was talking to a company up in New York. The CEO was almost, well, he was beside himself. He was almost panicked because they... All of their revenue, 100% of their revenue came from products that were created more than five years ago. Hmm. He said, we have no new product pipeline. And he could just visualize that, you know, we could have a, a, a Kodak moment in a bad way, you know, that the whole market might disappear for this product overnight, and he doesn't have anything in the pipeline. And he said, Steve, can you help me? I need product management to be driving innovation. And I said, I'm your boy. So we, we worked a lot with that team on implementing a lot of the stuff that you and I have talked about today. Excellent. And this is the home of product management, is helping to drive innovation. Indeed. And I, ju- I just had a conversation with a very well-connected person in Silicon Valley. And I've read some about this, but he said, you know, in Silicon Valley right now, the two most important titles that are actually in charge of companies is the CEO and the product manager. Um, nice. And above VP of engineering or marketing or anything else, it's the product manager and CEO that are, are driving change in Silicon Valley. Incredible. About time. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing the quotes. Thank you for sharing all the information about roles for product managers and our responsibilities. How can people follow up with you, find out more about your work and get a hold of your great book? Well, super. Um, I, I've got a couple of things going on right now. I, I run a website called Under 10 Playbook. And the joke behind under 10 is that's how you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Don't pick 50 things to do. Pick less than 10, under 10 things to do. Uh, but I, uh, I've been working with teams on implementing the best principles of, pra- of uh, product management, including those principles in my book. You can go to turnideasintoproducts.info or com. I forget. I think it's info to uh, buy my book on Amazon or just search for Turn Ideas into Products. It doesn't do you any good to search on Steve Johnson because there's like 79 of us 
and I'm not one of the more popular ones. Um, not yet. I have, uh, so I have a, a, a uh, implementation business where I help teams with product management principles and innovation principles. I also, uh, this year, have a software product for product managers to store all of the artifacts that you create in your daily life, personas and positioning and product definition and sales forecasts and the parts of a product so that we've got one central place to go. They're all, they all have the same look and feel. Uh, all your outputs look like they came from the same company. Hmm. Uh, and uh, there's coaching on almost every screen where a little video of me pops up and talks about what you're trying to do at this step. Um, so anyway, go to under 10 playbook.com. That's under one zero playbook.com and sign up for my software or sign up for my newsletter and we'll send you interesting stuff every week or so. And I did verify that is turn ideas into products.info takes you straight to information on the book. Thank you. And for people wanting information on the software, they go to your under 10 playbook.com and click on the software link at the top. Correct. Good. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about the software too. So we, we might get together again and have a discussion about this as a tool to help product managers. I always enjoy chatting with you. Steve, thanks for your time. All right. Thanks again for listening. Find the summary of my discussion with Steve at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 168. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.